on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guests are legendary actor Franco Nero and director Marco Kreunzpaintner. And we're, did I get that right? <laughs> you absolutely got it right, and I'm stunned by your pronunciation. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And we're talking about this oh, wonderful brand new movie called The Colini Case, which I just thought was excellent. One of the best movies I've seen so far this year, I must say. Really well done. Um, Marco, what... Just so our listeners know what we're talking about, can you give a little brief synopsis of what this film's about? Of course. Um, well, first, thank you for having us, and really excited to be on your show. Love it, by the way. So, thank the, you. <laughs> yes, of my course. pleasure. So, <laughs> so, the Colini case is a um, a classical courtroom uh, movie, you could say, and it's about um, the um, fictional story of a young lawyer um, who gets into um, a law case um, as a public. Defense defender um, by chance. Um, he doesn't really look to get this um, job, but he's a young um, um, lawyer, so he he takes um, um, this um, law case on um, if, and to defend a guy called Fabrizio Collini that Franco Nero um, is um, playing. And it's um, he's accused of murder, and um, little um, does the young lawyer know about like um, what really happened. And when he tries to defend his client, the client um, stays silent. He doesn't want to talk about why he committed this murder and actually like it leads into a um now it becomes like a real story into a um, um a, yeah you could say like a law scandal that happened in the 60s in germany when a law was um, um, um conducted by a guy called eduard dreher who was an old nazi who underdicted the justice department and basically confer um, um concepted a law that had to its effect that all um nazi um um, um yeah murderers um that um committed a crime um, yeah, in the Third Reich, had a chance to get away because like what they did in World War II, kind of like um, you could not go after um, that anymore. And so Franco Nero um, plays this Fabrizio Collini who suffered um, um, from his father being killed in World War II. And it's a revenge story. Like So it um, has the twist that the lawyer learns that actually like here the murderer is a victim of um, war crime and it, he digs deeper into this case and um, gets to the, to the bottom line of um, why um, the the, um, the guy that he killed um, actually what he committed in World War Two and yeah so it's 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 actually a very political story now I did a very bad summary I have to say <laughs> no, <you did. laughs> but, no, it was good it was good my question I no, no you did you did wonderful you did wonderful Marco, <laughs> you, Grazie, did Marco. You, you you explained the story very well but I say also that the the film is from a, a book a bestseller yes. from Ferdinand von Schirach yes. and uh, and uh, and uh, Yes, uh, Ferdinand, um, this book has been translated in 30 different languages. Wow. It's been uh, a bestseller in many, many countries. Is any of it based on truth? I mean, I know that, I mean, I'm sure it's, yes. fiction, it's fictional, but is some of it based on truth? The law case, as I said, like or like the, the law that is the basis for this um, um, film um, is a true um, um, law that was conducted in 69 um, and passed the German Bundestag, which is nowadays like a um, not, um, um, you can't understand how this law could um, could be passed like, because actually as I tried to explain before, um, it um, really got a lot of um, Nazis like the chance like to get away with 
murder and they never um, um, have been sentenced. So like, um, and this justice scandal um, is the truth and it's a true story within the fictional story around it. Okay, that's what I was wondering because, it, yeah, I was wondering yeah. if that was a law or not. So you, Franco, you play you know, um, Federico Collini. You have very few lines in this film and yet oh, yes. you have, I mean, the hardest acting there is is the acting that you do in this film because you don't have lines and you're not playing off of too many people in this. Um, you, that's the internal um, acting that you do. How did you? How did you dig deep to find this character and to express so beautifully what was going on inside of this man? Well, you know, it's not easy to play a role where you don't speak. Right. You know, because you have to. Everything has to be on your face, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, so, Marco, uh, I have to tell you that I, I was I wasn't sure if I wanted to. Do the movie. So Marco, very kindly, he flew to Rome to meet me in the summer. It was very hot, actually. So I gave him, I gave him a lovely lunch on my balcony uh, in Rome that uh, from the balcony you can see uh, the St. Peter, you know, the cupola of St. Uh. Peter. And he came with a bottle of champagne, Dom Perignon. Mm. Very, very nice. Yes. So that was really something that, uh, you know, for me was very important. means that he really wanted me to play that role. He really wanted me. And uh, because he said, you know, your face, uh, you know, expresses so, <laughs> so well, you know, oh, I'm sure that you will do, you will played the character very very well and um, so we had a long conversation we had a lovely lunch of course we broke two chairs two chairs they broke and we 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 ended up uh, on the floor <laughs> Marco, tell her the story I, I, I do want to hear it. the story you have <laughs> to exactly because like um, the listeners have to understand so like we're sitting right. there on this beautiful terrace outside as Franco explained like we're talking deeply about um, 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 the, the script and everything and I have to say like if Franco says like he prepared a lunch. I mean, it was um, it was a feast. I mean, um, course after course was arriving, and I actually like thought, God, if there's another course, I'm, I'm going to have to be <laughs> impolite and say like I can't eat anymore, you know. And then and then and Franco had like this white, um, um, yeah, as everybody knows, these chairs, plastic chairs that you have on a terrace. Right. And like I think because it was so hot, the plastic got like um, um, was not um, was not in the best shape anymore. Like so, I leaned I leaned backwards like because I was so full and at that moment my chair literally broke into five parts and I was sitting on the floor now you, now you, now you can imagine when you sit like um, when you sit there and like you have like you're meeting a world star nothing worse can happen because I thought like this is the most embarrassing moment very. of my life and Franco very politely got up helped me up and he was he was I'm sorry I'm sorry and then Franco sat down and now it happened that by sitting down Franco's chair broke so now he was yes. sitting on the floor and basically in that moment you know we both knew like we, we, we both knew I guess Franco, we had to do this movie right in this moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. said. He, wanted, he, he said at the end. He said, "I just want to know from you. Forget about agents, producer. Between you and me, you want to do this role?" And then we shook hands, and that's it. That was a contract. You understand? Beautiful. That's very yes. important. Very important. Because very there was beautiful. a good uh, trust. You know, there was a trust. Yes. Yes. That's well. As an actor, as you know, and as a director, it's so important to have that trust on, on the film set and to trust the director that he's going to do uh, a wonderful job and the act yes. the same way. I mean, it's so important in any kind of situation, but I think uh, on the film set, 
said in particular. Especially. And and like to add to add something what you were asking before and Franco was already answering about like um, a part like that is not having so many lines. I have to say actually like I mean people and I think lots of people and almost everybody knows Franco Nero and knows like his filmography. I think like nowadays too many words are used actually like in in the films it's all they all became talkies basically you know like mm-hmm. it's constant dialogue and like the craft of cinema is really the performance and with performance i mean every momentum how the camera catches obviously the inner life of an actor and the language of the camera and and the films and like i'm very attracted i have to say like um to this kind of cinema and obviously that's what franco nero stands for like there is not a lot of words needed because like there's such a um yeah a, a rich inner life going on mm-hmm. and so it's just for me as a as a as a as a director it was it it was a beauty watching like how Franco always tried with every take like to go deeper and to and to come up with ideas. So it was it was a, a non-verbal dialogue between the director and and the actor and the camera, which is always obviously a big part in it. Very much so, and it's yeah. a beautiful performance. It really is, Franco. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Marco is a is a wonderful director. He's an excellent director. Actually, we are planning to do something, something to do. Yeah, something you know to do again. I mean, plans. to do yes. Uh, we, we have a new plan and uh, we hope to do it. Great. Uh, we, uh, had a, I had an idea. Uh, he likes my idea. And, uh, you know, we hope that uh, I'm sure next year we will do the movie. Yes. That'd be wonderful. I look forward to it. And I look forward to having you back on the show to talk about once that movie, <laughs> the next movie comes out again. So what attracted you, uh, Marco, to this? Um, I know you it, you said it's a you know very international bestseller. But what made you decide to... to um, translate it into film i think it, it's it's a process that is always like very hard to understand from the outset and everybody obviously um reacts different to any kind of material so for me it's always like i'm listening like um while reading like what my heart and my soul and my um, um and my spirit like um obsess uh, communicates with me while i'm reading that and in this case i think what really attracted me that it was like in the best way a very moral piece and i think like this kind of moral um um film are very rare these days where actually like you have the feeling by watching it justice overcomes reality and I had the feeling it's something not only obviously like that this law who knew about it I didn't know about right. it like one would have thought like that Germany dealt with its past after World War II in quite a, um, um, a good way but then actually like that in the 60s like we basically shuffled a second guilt on our um, shoulders um, by um, 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 allowing this law to be um, passed by the Bundestag was uh, outrageous news for me and I thought like this has to be told to the public and people have to know um, because yeah so I mean as we see now um, like in these troubled days um, it's very important that um, humanity at the end of the day hopefully wins and we all not just gonna um, go down the path of of hate and accusing each other but um, hopefully all believing in a bigger justice that we yeah that we all have to work towards to and as a filmmaker you have a big responsibility um, yeah towards these issues well there's so many Bravo, 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 Marco, bravo, Marco. (laughs) (laughs) I must say that, uh, I must say that uh, all the cast, all the actors, they were fantastic, all of them, all German actors, fantastic. I was going to ask you about the young man, I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not... Elias Embarek, Elias Embarek. Okay, he he is absolutely wonderful in this film, too. I mean, it was great, because that's who you play, you know, Mark Franco, that's who you have most of your scenes with, or with him. Yes. um, And he, he does really you know nailed it uh i 
think. I mean, there's so many different themes to this movie. I mean, it's not just one theme. There's many, many themes. And that's many, many, so many layers to it. And it's thought provoking. And so afterwards, you're, I mean, I literally couldn't, you know, I, I just sort of sat quiet um, for a long period of time thinking about this movie after I watched it. It was that intense for me. I thought it was just, it just was riveting. Just, yeah, yeah, this movie was, uh, this movie was uh, um, showed in Italy about a month ago. And it was very, very successful. And I had, I'll tell you, I had more than a 2,000 WhatsApp saying how great was the movie. Everybody said it's one of the best movies they've seen in the last 20 years. Yeah, so was, I'm very proud to be part of it. And, and you should be, because it is. It's a wonderful film. I mean, it, it brought up a lot about, like, Judgment at Nuremberg, you know, that kind of film. I mean, I mean that was such a, you know, amazing yeah. classic film. And it brought up lots of thoughts of, about that and going, oh, my God, I go revisit that. That, that movie again after watching this one. I love anything that has to do with World War II. Anyhow, I'm just, it seems like that's just something I gravitate to. And then there's more and more films coming out about World War II and World War One also, too. So it's always interesting. Oh, yeah, there's another movie that I did. Uh, it's called, uh, well, the original title is Peace, but now they've changed the title in Re- Recon, Recon, about, you know, war, uh, World War II. Yeah, yeah. It was set in Italy, but we shot it in, the East, in, uh, in Britain. Colombia, all on the snow. Uh, oh, that's another a movie that will be shown very soon in the state. They told me. Recon. It's called Recon. Recon. Okay. Yeah, Recon. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. have to we'll have to look for that one. Well, some and then you know the atmosphere on the set was very beautiful. You know, very um, how can I say relaxed. You know, the atmosphere was was wonderful because I'll tell you, I've done only two hundred and fifty movies, so I've uh, a great experience and uh, when you work with a director that doesn't know exactly what he's doing he doesn't know where to put the camera he doesn't know how to direct the actor so we practically we take over you know <laughs> the movie we how can i say we impose you know many things to the director but when you work with a great director like marco he's so sure of what he's doing that i felt so relaxed to do the movie actually during the movie uh, with uh, elias you know the younger the young lawyer uh, we made many jokes and his, uh, his dream is uh, was to go to Rome and to eat uh, in a great restaurant. So every time we were doing a scene, you know, and then finished the scene, he said, oh, 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 I can suggest this restaurant. Oh, let me see. Oh, the other one. So <laughs> practically, <laughs> we've been talking about food for a long time. <laughs> and finally, when he came to Rome, I took him to a great restaurant. He was very, very happy about that. Yes. <laughs> There's a theme here about food. <laughs> a lot of good yes. food. Yes. <laughs> A lot, yes. lot of lot of lot of good things start with good food. I would say. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. Nothing better than well, being with friends. In, in Italy, we have the culture of food. Yes, the culture, yes. good food. Yes, yes. You know, yes. that's yes. the most important thing. One of the things about this film, I mean, there were so many things that I loved, but the um, cinematography, the way that scenes were um, photographed. Uh, tell me a little bit about, particularly the court, because there's so many different angles. Um, tell me a little bit about. Marco about how you shot the court scenes. I was, you know, like you could obviously like do it the usual way that you like go scene by scene and then you break it up. But somehow I felt um, I want to put the audience kind of like in the courtroom as you would sit 
yourself in there and you can't do that by breaking up the scene so what we did and like obviously like it I was asking a lot from the actors is like that I the whole courtroom scenes I only broke up in three parts so basically we re- and, and we shot them over I think three or four days and um, so we rehearsed um, the each third of it like in the morning f- three four five six hours like a play and the rest of the day was shooting it and we shot with multiple cameras but, but like obviously like we knew like what we wanted to catch but basically it um, was um yeah it was 12 15 sometimes 20 minutes without a cut and i think like this gave you while watching it hopefully it gives like the audience while watching it the feeling like that it's all in the flow it's not broken up too much and you really see how everybody reacts like to the outrageous kind of news that um um, are like revealed within that case in the courtroom it's amazing because it's just it's so tight and the whole film is it's taut and suspenseful and the cinematography i mean you could just see it looked like each scenes were like little paintings, you know. They, you know, they were just the, the beautifully done, uh, and and all the different scenes because you you filmed in other locations too. So. Um, it, throughout the film so it, it was really beautifully done and also the score the score was amazing it just kept it was oh, I'm very happy that you say that because like um, Ben Lucas Boysen it's um, a German composer that I've worked with like on, on a big Amazon show that I did before that is called Beat um, which is completely different because it's a about, it's a crime show about the Berlin uh, based in the Berlin techno scene but um, and he comes from techno but like he is just a very very um, um, crafted um, 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 composer and um, I was Particular, um, particularly proud of like the music that he did, which is very, very much, um, yeah, like it, it's emotional, but it's not in any kind of kitschy or like asking you like to to feel certain things. It ha- it has its own inner rebellion towards the story, and that's what I re- re- um, really loved about it. Oh, it's it's just amazing. It just, I mean, it's, it really is, and, and the mu- you know the score is just so important, I think, to a film, and and sometimes the score doesn't work as well, and this one it really and also like when we feel it's getting too manipul- uh, manipulative right and and like these days like, I mean many in these days like, nobody has the time or the money anymore most of the time like to really hire a real orchestra a real conductor and um, we were very glad that we like the whole score was like really um, conducted with a huge orchestra and recorded in a very classical um, way and I think you can feel it when you're sitting in the oh yes theater. definitely you can feel it definitely feel it Franco for you what was the biggest challenge in filming this movie filming this movie yes uh, the challenge uh, was uh, to be believable. You understand when you when you when you play a role, you know uh, the most important thing that uh, you have to be believable for the audience. The audience has to believe, yes. you know, what you're doing. And uh, so I think I I think that I I, I reached the, the goal. I, you say it in English, you know. Yeah, I, got, you yeah. know I, I think that I did uh, the right did the right thing. And um, but as I said, you know, I was never nervous. I was always very relax because of Marco. No, I'm telling you. You're too kind. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. That makes all the difference so. in the world. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say to all the filmmakers out there, like, I mean, there's a world star that you can really um, work with, like, who is such a humble um, human being and, like, um, he wants, like, that 
the directors of this world work with him. And Franco is just like, I mean, he said it, like uh, more than 150 films um, that he did. And, and you have the feeling it's his friends with the electricians, his friends with the crew, his friends with the makeup and the costume and people, everybody loves him. And it's it's just a dream when you when you work with people who stay human beings and who want to um, just dedicate their craft to the best film possible, you know? And that's why Absolutely. We have, we, we have to be a family. When you do a movie, we have to be a family. You know, uh, the actor, the electrician, uh, the makeup man, they, they should, we are all the same. There is not a star. No, no, forget it. We are working for the same product. We have working, you know, to try to do a good movie. Then, you know, then eventually, later, uh, you know, because uh, I'm on the screen, so for the audience, they know me. They, they see that I'm an actor, but, uh, uh, and I, you know, sometimes, you, as, they, as you say, you become a star, or <laughs> you understand? But this, uh, uh, you know, when you, when you, I, I, I'll tell you, many years ago, I had the chance, I worked with many great American actors, and uh, like, you know, Harry Fonda, Bert Lancaster, uh, Rod Steiger, Anthony Quinn, <laughs> many, 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 many. But I worked with the best of all, many years ago, it was Lawrence Olivier, English mm-hmm. actor, mm-hmm. that he was considered the best actor in the world. Right. And he said to me, Franco, don't think about, oh, I want a, a caravan bigger than the other one. You understand, you know, the car bigger. Don't, just think about the screen, because uh, what you do, the screen we stay, we'll always stay. So you have to work for that. So I, <laughs> I, I gave me a, a great lesson, I must tell you. Franco, Franco there's, this, there's this great story, because you say, um, Laurence Olivier, like, when he was shooting a Marathon Man with Dustin Hoffman, where Dustin mm. Hoffman had a scene where he was, like, totally, when he came to set and was, like, shaking, and Laurence Olivier said, like, what's wrong with you, young friend? They said, like, well, I have this very emotional scene today, so I stayed up for um, two nights, I drank a lot, I'm completely hangover to get into it, and Laurence Olivier looked at him and said, like, why don't you try acting? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you, uh, Laurence Olivier gave, he gave, he gave me, Laurence Olivier gave me a great suggestion. He said, Franco, okay, physically, you know, uh, you can be a star, like American, you know, actors, uh, but they do always the same movie. Yeah, they always play the hero all the time. Or or be an actor, change role all the time, take risks, you know, and, uh, you know, there, there will be in your career moment that you're up and down, but in the long run, you will get the fruits. So I followed his advice. So because he said, you know, if you play always the hero, it's a boring, you know, so it's really boring. That's the reason why I, following his advice, I changed role all the time in my films. I played characters of 30 different nationalities. Wow. 30 different. I played the Russian, I played the German, I played the, the Italian, of course, you know, I played the South American, I played the, 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 the Arab, I played, you know, so many different nationalities. So I had a lot, and, and they, I may, I, I did all kinds of movies, all kinds of movies. I, I, you know, I did movies, political movies, uh, movies for children, uh, musical, Western, uh, action movies, you know, I, I've done all kinds of movies. And so, that's, why, uh, that's why you've had a long, industrious, beautiful career. And that, might I just say, um, the first time I went and saw Camelot when I fell in love with you, and that was a long time ago, and uh, it's yes. been my honor to have you on the show today. It really has been both of you. And where, Marco, real fast, where can people see this film? Because I must see it. It's wonderful. Um, yes, well, yes. That, um, it's now out, like, because obviously of um, COVID-19, right. Um, right. you can't really go to the movie theaters, but there is like um, theaters like the Lamley theaters who have digital screening rooms. That means like you can stream them at, at 
at home. And then it's, um, I guess, like going on Apple TV, it's on Amazon. It's look out for um, the big um, streaming platforms. I don't want to do advertisement for one of them. But um, there's also like in the internet, if you Google the Colini case, where where does it stream? You're going to find like the right platform for you in your area where you are. And yeah, mainly it's out digitally. We want we planned like a big release all over America. But obviously now to the pandemic situation, right. um, this can't happen. Right, exactly. Well, thank you both for being on my show. It's been an honor uh, and a pleasure. And I look forward to having you back on when your next collaboration comes out. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you very much. Thank you very okay. much. Thank okay. you for Ciao. 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 Like The Jam Price Show on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Jam Price Show. You can also listen wherever and whenever on thejampriceshow.com and also on the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Thank you for listening. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio, Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. 